Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. ESPN Denver 1600 presents Clark and Company. I'm Mark Knutson. Uh, Jake Shapiro sitting in the. He's the he's the star of the show this week. He's the guest, he's a Saturday Night Live special guest star. He's not Eddie Murphy, but he's close. No, We're no. close. Okay. So, we, uh, and if you don't follow at, at Shapealicious, and what made you come up with Shapealicious as a Twitter handle? Uh, the story behind at Shapealicious, because uh, okay. my name is Shapiro, is I was trying to impress a girl when I was 17 when I first made my Twitter, uh, ah. and she thought that would be a good idea, and I've kept the same name ever since. Shapealicious, very very uh, hard to, to not remember that one. So if you want to, if you want a great Twitter follow. This is your guy. One of my favorite things ever always is having like the Denver Post tweeting like breaking news according to our Chapelicious. I'm just like, that's <laughs> like, that's such a good joke. That is really good. From personal and sports memorabilia to museum quality fine art, go to award-winning framer of all of Metro Denver, our buddy Brian Hart, framed art, 3065 South Broadway when Denver icon and loved owner Pat Boland passed away. The Broncos wanted only the highest quality work and needed it in time for the Boland Memorial at Mile High. They went where the Broncos have gone for decades and continue to go to Brian Hart, framed art, 3065 South Broadway. And the segment presented by Stoney's Bar and Grill. What a time of year to be a sports fan. Pro and college football, bowl games are going on, still going on, college football playoff coming up, plus hockey and hoops. You can catch all the game action at Stoney's Bar and Grill, 11th and Lincoln in the heart of downtown, and Stoney's Uptown, 1035 17th Street, just west of Park Avenue. A combined 88 big screen TVs will show you every single game. Pre-game, post-game, every game is on at Stoney's Bar and Grill and Stoney's Uptown. Make sure you check them out. And with that, we bring on the, uh, the man behind Mile High Report. He's a weekly guest on our Broncos uh, segment, Broncos Blast. Ian St. Clair joins us. Ian, how are you doing this morning? 
I'm doing great, guys. How about you? We're good. I got Jake here with me. Michael's on vacation, well-earned vacation. But we've speculated he's probably listening, so don't say anything mean about him like kids just did in the last segment. But anyway, um, I know you, you were feeling good. You, you, you called for, what, 63-13, to 13, went over the Raiders. It was a little closer than that, but they got that win. They finished, finished off a good a good December, and, or a good Drew December, I should say, and uh, a lot of hope for the future. And that's, I think that's the whole point is I, I think one of the things that stood out from Joe Ellis's season at a news conference is that while there's hope, that's not a way to run your organization. And I, and I think that that's one of the things that really stood out to me about what Joe Ellis said. And it's true, but I think when you look at the last four years where not only was there no hope, there wasn't even a compass to guide this team in the right direction. And that was because of the quarterback position. And now that it, it seems like they have the guy, at least for 2020, I'm one of the guys who thinks or one of the, the people who think that Drew Locke could be the guy going forward just because of all the things that he brings to the table. It's amazing what happens when you have a quarterback. And I, I think that sets up, as we've talked about the last couple of weeks, it sets up the entire offseason now in terms of free agency and then the draft. Because wanna... you're not having to pigeonhole yourself right. into, well, we have to get a quarterback. So do we move up or do we go after another uh, veteran who's been around the block a time or two so it, it really does open up so many different avenues to get this team better and one other thing uh, along with the quarterback is stability at least right now it looks like stability at the head coaching position because remember after the 9 and 7 year in 16 Gary Kubiak ret- resigns and then we have the Vance Joseph stuff the last two years so this year uh, there's a little bit different feel about the head coaching position as well I totally agree with that. I, I have felt from the beginning when, when Vic Fangio was hired that it was the right guy. Is you talk about culture and you talk about fit. The Broncos needed a culture change. They needed that old school guy to come in like Vic Fangio and, and get everyone back to the basics. And I think when you look at what the defense was able to do, especially with the injuries and the things that they encountered, to be the number one defense in terms of red zone, is remarkable when you see that they were out, the guys missing on the defensive line, and then having guys in the secondary to not have Bryce Callahan the entire season. That's a testament to Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel and that entire defensive coaching staff. And I, I, you're right, Mark, that's exactly another reason to be excited about the Broncos because you have the quarterback and you have some stability at head coach. Aside from the coaching and the quarterback, which is now found and you have your solution, what is the thing that you found most interesting about this Broncos season? I, I think it was just how weird it was. I mean, you, you, if you take in the four games that were close finishes, the Bears, the Jaguars, the Colts, and the Vikings, if two of those games flip, the Broncos are a playoff team. That, that, that just, when you think about some of the things that happened against, the, especially the two games against the Chiefs, and then the opening against the Raiders, and then the week three against the Packers, to consider that if, those, if two of those games slip and they don't get roughing the passer penalties against the Bears and the Jaguars, this is a playoff team. That's just remarkable. But as my co-host on our podcast, Adam Alnati, brought up, if those two things go differently, we don't see Drew Locke. So is yeah, that really point. a better situation? 
So I, I think it's just how weird this season was with uh, the two Chiefs games, obviously, but then the fact that you have those four close games, it's just it, it, that's what sticks out to me is just the, the dichotomy of the really bad and then, well, the really good with the way that it ended with, with uh, Drew Sember. We all agree that there's a lot of hope, and we, we, we've de- detailed how much how, how much more we're looking forward to next year than, than past years. But there's still a dark cloud hanging over the organization with the ownership situation. I've written about it now a couple times in Westward. Ian, what's your take on what Joe Ellis said after? Uh, I mean, it was it was in response to a question. He didn't bring it up out of the blue, but it still was a surprising answer to most people when he acknowledged what I'd written two weeks earlier that there's not uniformity among the family members as, as far as Brittany Bowen becoming the owner, and has to have that for her to get the for her to get that nod. It looks like this team going to get sold and i i go back to what we said a couple weeks ago in your first story where i said i think everything is on hold until this court case is decided could be i don't think could that be. i don't think this judge is going to allow a sale to happen until he decides well and the reason for because that he, that's a good point the reason for that is because he would he may come out and this is yet to be determined as i said in my last column he may he may decide that hey you don't have the authority trust you don't have the authority yet to sell it until i tell you, you have the authority to sell it that means september 1st becomes a really important date Exactly. And I, I think an even bigger date is discovery, because yep. in two weeks on January 20th, yep. where both sides have to show yep. their cards to, yep. to, to, to the judge and to the other parties, that is going to be a very telling moment Huge. because I, Beth and Amy, to their credit, have been incredibly quiet in terms of the press. I think uh there are some who would speculate that one of them was was one of your sources. I, I am pretty confident that they weren't. So what I think is going to happen is Beth and Amy are going to put their cards on the table, and that's going to cause the trust to take a deep breath because they're finally going to see everything that they have. And I think that's going to be a very, very, very important moment in terms of this Broncos ownership situation. So while, yes, the court case come September is going to be huge, I I, I think this discovery in a couple of weeks is going to be even larger in terms of what happens next? From a football standpoint, what does happen next for the Broncos? What's your biggest question this offseason? And your wish and what you want to see happen. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I, I think in terms of free agent in terms of free agency, I, I, I want to see them tackle the same way that they've done it with the draft. And I think you've seen the last two years, Elway and Matt Russell and the other guys on the front office on the front after, on the front office staff. I've taken approach on character. They, you look at Cortland Sutton and Dalton Reisner, two two high round picks. Drew Locke, Noah Fant. So that's going to be something that I want to keep to, to keep an eye on, and then attack the offensive line like John Elway really hasn't up until well, really ever. So I mean, when I think that's, of the right tackle position, he could have he could have he could have handled this situation by by signing Mitchell Schwartz. And instead, he went after Donald Stevenson. So he needs to attack the offensive line and make that a priority. Now that you have your quarterback, don't assume just because he may be like Peyton Manning and he can cover up the issues on the offensive line doesn't mean you don't need a great offensive line. And nobody knows that better than John Elway. He didn't really have success until Pat Bowen got him Gary Zimmerman at left tackle. So go out and get Brandon Scherf with the Washington Redskins and get one of the best guards in football and pair him with Dalton Reisner and start to, to fill in these pieces on the offensive line. And then in terms of the draft, 
they have the flexibility to draft nuts. We're going to hate this, but to draft the best player available regardless of position. So if Worfs were to fall from Iowa, take him. If C.D. Lamb is there from Oklahoma, take him. I think if LaVisca Chenault is there and C.D. Lamb and some of these other speed guys are gone, I think Chenault is one of the most... I think interesting prospects in this draft because of what he brings yep. to the table and how how rare and special he is as a football player. And you pair him with Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant and Philip Lindsay, you see the beginnings of an offense that can start to com- to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs and what Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are doing. So I think those are the things that I'm looking at in terms of free agency in the draft. I mean, I'm the guy who's watched LaVisca <laughs> Chenault more than yep. just about anyone. I went yep. to college with him. I overlapped at CU for a year. But the prospects of Cort- Cortland Sutton and maybe LaVisca Chenault in that offense, you're talking about competing with Kansas City. Can their offensive game plans and coordinators come up with something that creative where they take advantage of a young quarterback on that rookie-level deal with weapons around and perhaps a rebuilt offensive line where you see them not attacking first downs but downfield? Yep. I I absolutely think so, because I think one thing that this five games did, and and I've said this with with Michael and Mark, is that it starts to give trust to to Rich Scangarello and T.C. McCartney, and now they have a blueprint. They know what he does, they know what he's comfortable with, and they know what he needs to do better, and so does Drew Locke, and I think that's one of the reasons that I've been so impressed with Drew Locke is because he gets it. He knows that he wants to be great, but he also knows that he has to put in the work to do it. So I think when you have that blueprint of these five games, and now they have an entire offseason, a blank canvas to build on, you're going to start to see them benefit and work off of each other. And I think that's what's so important about a head coach, an offensive coordinator, and a quarterback. And there's got to be trust there. And I think I think that, that this situation has that. And I think we're going to be able to see that come preseason training camp and then the regular season in September. We're going to see this offense be able to attack and want to attack and, and be on the level of the Kansas City Chiefs and even the Baltimore Ravens to a, a different but similar extent. Hey, Ian, you've touched on a couple things I have on my list, but I want to know what's on your list. What will make 2020 a great sports year in Colorado? And we got to make it quick. We got to go. I, I agree with uh, Jimmy and Mark from the last yeah. segment, Gabriel Landestog lifting the okay. Stanley Cup. But I, I want to see, I, I think, Drew Locke leading the Broncos to the playoffs in his mm-hmm. second and his his first full season as a quarterback. I think that would be two things. And then even the Rockies getting back into the hunt for um, uh, the division in the NL West and then even potentially for the wild card. We're all Mizzou Tiger fans around here now, apparently. Absolutely. Hey, and we appreciate it very much. Thanks for everything you've done for us this season. We'll be talking to you again soon. Take care. Thanks, guys. There goes Ian St. Clair, Mile High Report, at Ian St. Clair, at Mile High Report, if you follow him on Twitter. Stay with us. We'll talk CSU Rams when we come back from this break. It's ESPN 1600's Clark & Company. We'll be right back.